0: The Rare Disease Film Festival will debut in Boston October 2nd and 3rd, with a range of more than 30 films focused on topics of rare disease. The event will also feature talks from filmmakers, patient advocates, and researchers, as the organizers not only hope to raise awareness about rare disease, but also begin conversations and forge connections. We spoke to Bo Bigelow, one of the organizers of the event, about the film festival, his own search for answers about his daughter's ultra rare condition and why this festival is about more than the films themselves. Bo, thanks for joining us.
1: Danny, thanks for having me. It's great to be with you.
0: We're going to talk about Disorder, the Rare Disease Film Festival, the personal journey that brought you to to create it, and why your film festival is about more than just raising awareness about rare diseases. Perhaps we can start with your own story, though, your, your search for a diagnosis for your daughter, Tessa's rare condition. What caused you to make a film about your child and the search for answers about her rare disease?
1: Well, um, the, I started the film festival with, uh, with my co-founder, Daniel DeFabio, and we actually met at Global Genes. Uh, at the conference two years ago in the fall and uh, we were both doing some writing at the time he was writing about his son lucas and i was doing some writing about tests i had just gotten um my diagnosis uh about Tess at the time and uh, as i as i am now I, right then i was just starting to try to find more patients just get the word out it's an extremely rare disorder Tess was only the eighth patient in the world that was diagnosed and we really wanted to to find more people to kind of lead researcher about her disease, asked my wife and me to please go, you know, go forth and go get him some more people. And so, um, when Daniel and I met at Global Genes, that's really why I was out there at that conference was to try to get the word out and try to find more people and learn from those who had already been doing some, some work in the rare disease space about how to, how to be an advocate and how to find more people. And so Daniel and I kept in touch over the last couple of years and, uh, Six or eight months ago when we were, when he was thinking about starting this festival, he got in touch with me and he said, what do you think about, about doing this? You know, Daniel has a background in, in film and he's done a lot of production stuff. He owns his own um, production and design company. So he's, he's worked in this area a lot and I have zero experience in it at all. Um, so when he got in touch with me and asked me to be part of it, I said, listen, man, I, I would love to do this with you. It sounds like fun, but I'm, I'm pretty maxed out. I have a lot going on, and, and my biggest job right now is trying to find more people. And he said, well, that's great. If you really want to find more people, this is a great way to do it. you make a film about tests, that will be a way to really get the word out and, and find more people. You can put it on the internet and just let it go. And uh, and I said, that's, that's fine, but I don't know how to make, make films. And he said, no problem, I'll help you. I know how to do it, so... <laughs> he helped me. He was a, a big part of making my film and, and the production of it. And he, he did a lot of work to edit it and get it into the kind of shape where you can actually show it to people. And, uh, and so that's how it happened.
0: Your own experience itself speaks to the value of making unexpected connections, but by, by using the internet, I'm wondering if you could talk a little about that.
1: Sure. So, um, we, uh, when we got our our diagnosis, uh, it was as a result of whole exome sequencing. And I think my wife and I had just been through so many rounds of genetic testing with our test that we were we were just kind of worn out. And and we saw the whole exome sequencing as kind of the the answer. You know, this is really going to solve everything for us. And uh, it, it was difficult for us because when we when we got the results, it told us here is the gene where Tess has the mutation. It's called USP7. And uh, it's a variant of unknown significance. In other words, we know this is the gene where Tess has an issue. She has a mutation that that my wife and I don't have. But that's all we we can tell you," said uh, the genetic counselors. They were kind of saying we don't know enough about this gene quite yet to to really tell you what to do now, or, or what this really means, or whether this mutation is even the cause of your daughter's uh, of your daughter's disease. And so um, we just kind of had to be at peace with that and, and know that we knew about the mutation, but not really do anything more to find more people. And that went on for months for about a year and a half or two years. Um, and then I read an article in the New Yorker about um, Matt might and Matt Wilsey, um, two dads who uh, their families are dealing with the NGLY one um, deficiency. And so um, the story in the New Yorker was about, about Matt might specifically how he's a computer science guy and how he, he was in the same position we were, where he had an N of one. His, his son was the only person that they knew of in the world, and he knew the gene. and he he created this this website, essentially a, an internet beacon because the concept is that rare disease parents, if you're if you're undiagnosed or, you, or you're the only case that you know of in the world, after you put your kids to bed at night, you get on the Internet and you Google stuff and you try to find whatever you can about your disease, other people, people who are writing about it, researchers, whatever, anything. And so Matt Might's idea was to create this beacon that instead of you Googling things every night, you're going to put this thing out there that other people will find when they Google stuff. And uh, and so his method was spelled out in this really clear, very easy to follow blueprint on the Internet, on his website, mattmight.net. And uh, so I just, I used his instructions. I just followed it to the letter, and uh, it worked really well. My wife and I were kind of thinking that we were about to embark on this months or potentially years-long journey that would maybe yield one or two more people eventually, and, and lo and behold, within 12 hours, uh, I got an email from a researcher at Baylor College of Medicine in Houston. He he happened to see it on Reddit, and uh, he emailed us, and he said, hey, this is the gene that I study at Baylor, and I know of other patients, and we're about to publish a paper about this disease. Give me a call. So the next day, literally, my wife and I were on the phone with this guy talking about it and finding out that there were already seven other patients. We thought Tess was the only one. and It turned out she was the eighth. The
0: film festival isn't only about Showing the work of filmmakers who address subjects of rare diseases, but you also want to use this as an opportunity to connect people, start conversations, and make people in the rare disease community aware of things they share in common. Why is that?
1: Absolutely. Well, as I said before, this came out of the Global Genes conference two years ago, and that that was what Daniel and I liked so much about it is you arrive at that conference and you have your agenda and your disease and what you're focusing on, but invariably you find yourself that you, you you find that you have quite a bit more in common with with everybody than you realize and it leads to these collaborations that uh, can really change things. I think um, you know what what you can find sometimes is is um, researchers are not as likely to talk to each other but um, if you can talk to another patient group and find out kind of what research they're doing, maybe that can help you and we um, just find people people start these projects together like Daniel and I did. Um, and that's what's exciting about it. And that's really what we were going for with the, with the festival is rather than just show a bunch of movies and then everybody goes home, it's getting everybody into the room together. And, and ideally, what we were hoping to do and what seems like is happening with the people who are, are buying tickets is we'd have a whole chain of people. In other words, you'd have uh, a patient who suffers from that disease and they come to the festival with their family. and then. At the same time, they're the the main researcher who's working on their disease is there as well. And uh, there's a pharma company who's coming up with a solution for that. There's, uh, you know, a, a patient advocacy group that's connected to that disorder. And so you have all the pieces for as many diseases as you can, all in attendance at the festival. And that way, you can kind of see all the different parts of it. And then whoever else is coming to the festival, depending on what they need, you know, like right now, I'm still I'm still trying to find more patients. You know, Test was the eighth one and now we're up to about 23. Well, that's still really rare. I still like to find a lot more people. And so, you know, personally, when I go to this festival, I'm hoping to, to talk to some people who had success uh, in identifying more patients. How did they do that? How did they extend, you know, not just in our country, but, you know, around the world? How are they finding more more cases and more patients? Where have they found some success? So I think, Daniel and I have just realized that, that people have all these different needs and, and the more we can start those conversations and have everybody start to talk to each other, the more we can help each other. Because that's what I find with this, with the rare disease community is everybody is so open and so willing to take time and get on the phone and share ideas that have worked and talk about their successes and, you know, share their, share their blueprints, share what, what's worked for them.
0: You'll be showing more than thirty films over two days. Uh, it, it, these are not just films made by parents like yourself with with a child, but they have a quite a range of of topics and length and origin. Uh, give me a quick sense of you know the the running time of these films and, and the styles and, and how they vary.
1: Sure, they are really varied. They are most, but not all of them are documentaries. Uh, Some are really short. Some are like a minute long just to kind of get uh, a concept across or it it just explains something. And and then we do have a couple of longer format films that are um, 65 minutes. And it really is kind of a a mixed bag. There are some that are are narratives. Some are really very specific telling a story about a, a, a particular patient and their family and what they're going through. And then others are, um, you know, a little bit more, uh, a little bit looser format, um, not as specific and, and kind of ranging on the, like, a, a uh, it's based in reality, but it is more of a, of a, a fiction piece. Um, one thing Daniel and I talked about when we were putting this together is, uh, whether these films would be appropriate for people who want to bring their children. Um, because some of these, I think are, some of the topics are a little bit difficult. um, To to think about and to talk about. And, um, you know, there are a lot of the stories that really don't have a a resolution or, you know, what you consider a happy ending, a Hollywood ending. So let's say somebody wants to come and they want to bring their whole family. Is there a slate of films that that kids could attend? And, um, you know, I don't really have an answer for that question, (laughs) but there is one slate uh, on which we've put films that are a little bit more uh, open-ended or a little bit more kind of uh, like a whimsical whimsical storytelling kind of a slate of films um, in order to make that possible. Mm-hmm. At least, you know, if, if people have asked, you know, if I want to bring my children, which slate should I go to? Sounds, this is probably the right one, That's one here.
0: <laughs> Going through the, the list of films, a, a few jumped out at me. I just wanted to ask you about them specifically. What is Our Curse?
1: That was one of the first films that we signed up, actually. Um, it's uh it's a second, it's the second film um from a, he's a Polish documentary filmmaker. Uh I'm gonna not be able to pronounce his name very well. Tomas Luwinski, I think is how he says it. Um and it's so it it came out in twenty thirteen, it was a couple years ago. Um I know Daniel knew about this film ahead of time and actually he approached the filmmaker and asked him if we could show it at this festival because we both really liked it so much. And it's about uh, the filmmaker's child, uh, whose name is Leo. And um, Leo has a rare genetic disorder called Andine Curse.
0: Uh, how about Cuerdas?
1: Cuerdas. Oh, that's the.
0: Uh, that's a Spanish oh, that's animated film. One,
1: first one. Yes. Yeah. Um, it means strings. Strings is the the um, the translation of the title, and it's. One thing we really liked about this film is that it doesn't really spell out exactly what the disorder is at issue. It's just about, um, it, it has a message of acceptance. So uh, the main character, uh, Maria, is a child in a school, and she has this kind of routine that's going on at the school. And then somebody shows up who's different, and they're in a wheelchair. And it's just about kind of Maria and how she reacts to the presence of that person and, and just the idea of acceptance and understanding that someone else is different, but it doesn't, we liked that it didn't identify any disorder because it just says, Hey, if someone shows up at your school and they're different, this is how you want to treat them. This is how that should go. Uh,
0: the last one I wanted to ask you about was the magic bracelet, which is notable, notable for its cast. W- what is that?
1: I believe this is the one that was adapted by Diablo Cody Academy award a couple of years ago. Um, so we were really excited about this one. This one had to do with uh, Make a Film Foundation, and um, we're showing it, I'm trying to think what day that is, that's the one, that's on day two, that's the beginning of the first slate. So that, uh, that one's about mitochondria. And does
0: that have J.K. Simmons, the Academy Award winning actor in it as well?
1: Yes, that's right, you can see if you go to uh, um, our website, there's, there's a trailer, and uh, that's one of the first images I think they show, they show J.K. Simmons. Yeah, you know who he is? Yeah, that was pretty cool.
0: Between slates of films, you, you've got rare disease researchers and patient advocates who will share stories from their experiences. Why did you decide to make that part of the program? I mean, it's not typical fare for a film festival.
1: Right. Well, we felt like we wanted to expand the programming beyond just the films themselves. Uh, we thought that there could be some, some real value there in, in having some conversations after the films. Uh, some of the people who are speaking are involved with the film. Some are filmmakers and some are... Uh, one of the people is actually featured in a film. Michelle Hall is in the film. This is Michelle. She has a slate all to herself. She's going to be speaking uh, just on her own. So we, we just felt like that was a way to um, expand beyond just the messages of the film, you know, um, creating some Q&A opportunities for the audience um, we're hearing from a lot of people who are emailing us about, you know, what they what they want to hear about and what they want to know, and they have questions beyond, uh, you know, what we can answer. And so, um, we just felt like that was that was a way to kind of augment the festival and do do that thing we set out to do. You know, create those opportunities, have those people in the room, and uh, and really just kind of, you know, make those opportunities possible, those conversations, those collaborations.
0: I understand you've actually had to turn away sponsors and, and filmmakers. Did the response surprise you?
1: It really did. Um, when when Daniel and I were talking about this, we we were excited about the idea, but we thought, is there an audience for this? Is this something people will want to come do? Because let's be honest, a rare disease film festival is going to be, there are going to be films that are a little bit harder to watch. And, you know, you may not come away with the uh, you know, same feeling that you might have about about other films. And so we just didn't, we didn't know what kind of a response we were going to get. Uh, and we've been really blown away by, by the response that we have gotten. We initially planned on it being just one day and we had to expand to a second day because we picked our films for that one day and we thought, oh, well, we can't leave this one out. And what about this one? And we realized we have another whole day of film that we really want to show. And, um, and it, and it was hard because we, we, set up our our slates and we closed the missions and we had our sponsors all set and we were done with that and then and then we started to hear from just more people I mean every every week we just get more and more films that people are submitting more sponsors who want to be part of this and it's it's a bummer to turn people away to say listen you know this this uh, this festival is set you can't really do anything more with this one but um what it's telling us is that we're on to something here that not only is there an audience for this, but it's a, it's a big audience. Um, and that, you know, we're on to something and that, that we shouldn't just do this one time and be done with it, that we should do this again, that we should, uh, plan for another, another festival, maybe in a year or two, uh, maybe on the West coast and just try to try to do this again. And, and you know, all the people who submitted films for this time are, are automatically, um, submitted for next time. And so, um, we're just going to see who else is in, and 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 we're excited about it.
0: And any any plans to make the films available online or through other means?
1: You know, we're getting that question a lot, and um, we we're talking about what we'd like to do. Um, our agreements with the filmmakers um, don't really let us just take the films. There are some that are publicly available anyway on, on YouTube, and um, so we're just trying to figure out what what would be the right thing. You know, we we know we want to increase exposure for, for these films. And to the extent filmmakers want to be part of that, we're trying to, we're trying to think of something that before we have our next film festival, um, that would make it possible at least for people to to view these. And, um, I'm not sure, we're we're not sure what that looks like quite yet. We're just, we're going to do this festival and then see where we are. Um, but yeah, we're excited about that idea.
0: Disorder, the Rare Disease Film Festival, will be held October 2nd and 3rd in Boston. Bo Bigelow, filmmaker, rare disease advocate, and creator of Disorder, the Rare Disease Film Festival. Bo, thanks so much for your time today.
1: Danny, thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for listening. For more information about rare disease and to connect to the rare disease community, go to globalgenes.org.